Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. And welcome to the Man Cave Huddle. And I am your host, Greg. Where in this episode, we're going to talk about some hot topics that are going on in the world of sports. Speaking of hot topics, as I sip on some juice right here. Man, let me tell you how hot it is in New York right now. It is like 90 some odd degrees every day. I mean, as a northerner, you're thinking, yo, this is that Florida weather. I feel like I'm in the south right now. It's like hot at night. You go outside at night and it's like, yo, I'm still sweating and it's nighttime. You know what the worst is? The worst. The worst is when you wake up in the middle of the night from sleeping while you're asleep and you're sweating and you didn't wake up because you got to go to the bathroom. You woke up because you're just too hot and you got to take shirts off. Sometimes you be winding up sleeping naked. It's so hot, man. You're like, oh, I mean, that is like the worst, man. But anyway, let's talk about a couple of things right now that, um, you know, sparked some interest and made me want to talk. Um, Brittany Griner. She is a WNBA basketball player. She plays overseas in Russia. I'm sure by now everybody's heard what's happened to her. She got caught bringing some marijuana cartridges at an airport from Russia to America. And she has been found guilty after pleading guilty to the charges and is going to have nine years in jail. I know everybody is, is, it's almost like two sides and there are two sides, but it's like, one person is like good for her. She got what she got. How could she sit there and think because she's a, a, a privileged athlete, she could get on a plane in another country and bring a illegal paraphernalia. I hope she rots in jail. But then there's the other side. Nine years is way too excessive. She did make a mistake, but come on. We're talking about marijuana. Nine years. This is crazy. And when I, for me, look at this situation, I myself think, you know, she's not the only player in the WNBA that has to go overseas to play overseas to make some ends meet money. She's not the only, there are players, maybe not in the NBA, but maybe players that want to be in the NBA had their career shortened just by being cut and are playing overseas. And you never hear of this happening. If it was a, a, a common mistake, fine. But I know myself, when I travel internationally, I always look at my luggage just to make sure no alcohol, no nothing falls into my luggage or something I can't bring on the airplane. Because, you know, when you go through that, when you go through through customs, man, it's almost like they got that look on their face like, I can't wait to find somebody today. Oh, I'm not going to be that one, though. And I think it's a shame all around at what happened that, A, that was in her luggage. Um, B, I think nine years is excessive. I don't know what the laws are in Russia, but nine years is way too excessive. It's almost like they're trying to make an example out of her because... A, she has some stardom, and B, she's from America. And now, from what I understand and read, this is the first step in a prisoner swap or exchange in which now that they know what 
she and when I say she, Brittany Griner is dealing with because before it was all hypothetical. Now it's a nine year deal. Now they can sit there and say, hey, she is of this stature facing nine years. We'll let go of a Russian prisoner that is of the same stature or maybe a couple prisoners that are of the same stature that equate to the nine year prison case. And mark my words, when when that stuff comes out and when if and when she gets released via a prisoner swap, you see how many people come out the woodworks and say, yo, how did she get that preferential treatment? And there are other prisoners in Russia that are American that have been there for years and are being left there. I mean, hey, look, this is a dirty game that's about to go down. It's going to be dirty and ugly. And I just hope Brittany Griner has a strong support system because when she comes back here, it's going to be a lot of hate, either one way or the other way. But for her, I hope it works out for her in the best way. Now, speaking of somebody else that is going through some ish and is being played out in the media, newly acquired quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, Deshaun Watson, is um, been suspended for six games for violating the NFL's personal conduct policy in private meetings with massage therapists while he was with the Houston Texans. They traded him to... Um, uh, the Browns did the Texans. This was la- this is last football season, and they had a private uh, investigator, and it was a woman, and she came to the um, she came up with what from what Deshaun did. He the personal conduct rule was violated, and the violation was worth six games, and now a whole bunch of people, Roger Goodell, a lot of media outlets are saying that it should be more. And now they are looking for basically appealing the six-game suspension to try and go for more. Now, for me, when I read this situation, I, I think Deshaun did something. He's in the wrong here. I don't want to make it seem like he's innocent and he's a victim in this because he's not. He played a part in something that transpired with those massage therapists. But I will say this. When you say violate the league's personal conduct policy and you don't use the words sexual assault, rape, anything like that, it leads me to believe that he was being inappropriate, but he didn't assault these girls because that was never said if it was I could be wrong but from what I understand it was these girls felt as though he conducted himself in a very promiscuous inappropriate way maybe I don't know what he was doing I don't want to speculate but it just feels and I'm reiterating Deshaun Watson is wrong okay but it just feels as though that rules for masculinity are being rewritten in real time. And it's almost at the point where you don't know 
what the rules are because if you break a rule, they might rewrite the rule and you might suffer a consequence that was not there prior to you breaking the rule. It just feels as though like being a man nowadays is not different. It's just more challenging because like I said, these rules are being rewritten in real time. And a lot of people have to adjust. Some people are growing up with these new rules. Some people, it's like what I did on Monday, it's Wednesday, and I can't even think the way that I thought on Monday. And then come Friday, now you have to have a whole other thought process. Man, I mean, the NFL got a problem on their hands, man, because this story isn't going away, you know? I mean, he paid off a lot of these women to Deshaun Watson so that you don't have any testimony or anything from these women. That's what leads you to believe that something happened. You just don't know what. NFL got a problem with their hands. They just want to make this disappear and have him suspended. I think that's what's going to happen. Maybe a year-long suspension where he now he's going to miss two years, but now it's going to be a year-long suspension for him, and he is going to be out of the spotlight for a while, you know? Every every misstep or every misbehavior now has a consequence. And it just feels as though, unless you're perfect, those consequences got to be paid in the highest form. I'll reiterate that Sean Watson is wrong, but I just feel as though, not relating to Deshaun Watson, when you do something wrong now in society... It's no longer, hey, you did something wrong. It's like you did something wrong and we want to come down with the strength of the heavens and the earths to discipline you. Stuff is changing, man. World is changing. But speaking of the NFL, I'm not going to give you a preview, but it's going to be a very exciting season, this upcoming season. I mean, you got a lot of teams in the mix here, you know. Usually it would always be the Patriots and every versus everybody. But now you got the Bills that are retooled. Are the Bengals for real or are they just a one-year wonder? You got teams like the Indianapolis Colts that got a new quarterback. You got teams like the Kansas City Chiefs, the Raiders. They loaded up with, with, with Devontae Adams, new coach, new everything. You got the Bucks. And you only say the Bucks because they have Tom Brady. Whenever you have Tom Brady, that's like saying you have LeBron James and thus forth, you have a chance. One of the most intriguing teams, I feel, is going to be the San Francisco 49ers because they basically said that we're going to, we haven't traded Jimmy Garoppolo, but we're going to go with Trey Lance. And that could be very intriguing. That situation kind of reminds me of Russell Wilson when Russell Wilson was in the league for a couple of years because the Seattle Seahawks were being built in they were built to win. They just needed a quarterback to get them over the top. And that's what Russell Wilson did. And I think that's what they're saying that they expect out of Trey Lance. But the thing is, though, with the difference between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo is the athleticism. The 49ers want to run and they want to pound the ball, but they always knew with all these misdirections and all these funky play calls, it was never the quarterback that was a threat to run. Now you include QB running capability in the mix. Boy, 
it's going to be real, real, real hard playing the 49ers, especially with that defense, because they are ready to win now. If I were to tell you that the 49ers are going to go to the Super Bowl, that's not an outlandish statement. That's not something that's crazy. If I said, hey, Trey Lance was balling out and he, they made it to the Super Bowl, people would be like, yeah, I can see that. Now, before um, I end this episode, let's talk about some college uh, football. Seriously. College football is around the corner. And I really, this past offseason, been paying attention to football recruiting. And I'm looking at these football recruitings, and usually it's the usual suspects that are always at the top. It's the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the Clemsons, and then sprinkling teams that might have a good year here and there, right? Now, I'm looking at 247247sports.com. They have, as of today, 8.47 p.m., the recruiting classes. I'm just going to give you the top 10. Number one, Notre Dame. Number two, Alabama. Three, Georgia. Four, Ohio State. Five, Texas. Six, Oklahoma. Seven, Miami. Eight, Clemson. Nine, Penn State. Ten, LSU. When I look at the top 10 teams, two teams to me stick out. Well, really, three. Notre Dame having the number one recruiting class over Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. That is like, wow. Okay? And then you got Texas. Granted, they got, you know, a future man. You got Arch Manning. But Arch Manning now is bringing in all these other recruits that want to play with him. That's Texas. Them, them Oklahoma-Texas games might be really, really good in Miami. Every year, we always talk about, is the U back? Is the U back? Is the U back? When is the U going to come back? They're getting players. They're getting players. Mario Cristobal is getting players in that system. Now, I don't know what that means for next year, but maybe the year after next, the U might be a squad. Same as Notre Dame might be a squad. Because the one thing that's different in college football as opposed to the NFL is talent. See, when you're in the NFL, tactics, strategy, that's what wins. Because everybody's talented. But when you're in college, talent. It's the teams that have the talent. And tactics and strategy matter in a championship game. But literally, you could win a game based on just your overall talent. Now, another site that I like to look at for uh, my college football information is uh, on3.com, right? On3.com pretty much has everything the same here, but the only difference is they have Alabama as the number one recruiting class, Notre Dame as the number two recruiting class. So, I mean, look, when it comes to Alabama and there's a shadow of a doubt, you're always going to go with Alabama. So for Notre Dame to be just in the mix with Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, that's a that, that that's a positive sign for good things to come for Notre Dame. And college football being around the corner, in the words of the great Bar Scott, can't wait. Now, as I do with every episode, I want to hit you guys off with a positive quote and your listening pleasure off with some positive vibrations. Positive quote. Mental toughness means you don't believe the hype when you win and you don't fall apart when you lose. 
That's from Tim Glover. He used to coach a physical trainer, coach the likes of Kobe, Michael Jordan, Dwayne Wade, all the great players. But the quote from him is, mental toughness means you don't believe the hype when you win and you don't fall apart when you lose. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.